the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, here in the greater Nashville area, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart. This is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. And today is Wednesday, and we're looking forward to being in church tonight. I trust that you will as well, and looking forward to God's good blessing every time we enter the house of God. And I just encourage you, make Sunday and Wednesday special times when you go and do it consistently, and it'll impact your life in a good way. I'm also appreciative of the fact that many of you join us every day right here on this station at this time, and we try to dig in every day and just give you some good things. Now, right now, we're building off of a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, where the Bible says, A great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Now, that's just taking note of the priorities that really will be facing every one of us as we serve the Lord. But I'm backing up and showing you some things here in 1 Corinthians that are also a part of the equation. Now, let me just pause for a moment to remind you, the Sword of the Lord Men's Conference is coming November 10 and 11, and all of the details are on our website at swordofthelord.com. And I hope, guys, that you'll go and check that out. Plan to be with us. It's a wonderful, wonderful event, and you'll be blessed by being here. Don't hesitate to check it out, and we look forward to seeing you here November 10 and 11. Now, let's look at the passage. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9 says, A great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Now, the priorities that are noted in 1 Corinthians 16, we'll get to here in a day or two. But in the meantime, we've already looked at the fact that this same church to which this was written, where that he is saying to them, get your priorities in order. It is a church that has problems, problems that need to be corrected. And he's dealing with that in a very pastoral way, trying to get them to make the adjustments, get the things done that need to be done, straighten things out. There's also conflict over personalities, and uh, he wants them to understand that all of the men, Apollos, Paul, whoever it is, these are merely servants of God that have been given leadership posts, and they are responsible in a way for what the Lord has entrusted to them, but uh, they should understand that even though these men have messages for them, and these men are leaders and worthy of that leadership, they too are servants of the Lord, and all of us need to be looking to the Lord first in priority. Now, the fact is, there are many principles laid out here as well in the First Corinthian letter, principles that just enable us to get things fixed right, like understanding the difference between the natural, the carnal, and the spiritual man. Understand that unity has to be based on truth. I'm talking about unity among brethren has to be based on truth. And not only that, but spiritual discernment and other things are laid out clearly here. Now, today I want you to think with me about the precautions that are presented here. Uh, you know, if we're going to do what we ought to do as the servant of God, we will need to take some precautions along the way. For example, in chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, verse 6 and following, 
The Bible says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now to he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. We are laborers together with God. Now, you and I need to understand that. We need to understand. We put our hand to the plow. We get in the work. We harness up. We do what we're supposed to do. But unless we have the touch, the anointing of God, unless we have the power of God, it's not likely we're going to get all that much done. So he reminds us, don't just lean on the arm of the flesh, but instead count on the fact that it will be God who will give the increase. We do the planting. We do the watering. We do the part God's given us to do. But it's God who gives the increase. Now, this one in chapter 5 and verse number 6 And here's what this one says. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. So what's he saying? He's just saying, you can put a little poison in the water, and it poisons the water. You can do just a little bit of bad, and it messes up the whole thing. And you cannot expect to come out with a good product if you're really leaving in things that ought not to be there. He's reminding us, clean it up, folks, clean it up. Get your life straightened out. Don't be dabbling in the devil's playhouse, and don't be giving place to things that ought not to be there. It doesn't take much to ruin things. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. A little leaven messes everything up. And you and I need to understand that uh, we can't play around with things that we don't need to be playing with at all. Now, here's another one. In chapter 8, we're just talking about precautionary things. Now, it says, But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. Now, here's a precaution that really needs to be sounded in this day and in this time. I mean, all across America and around the world, we have far too many Christians who are taking the position, I will do what I want to do. I don't care how it affects anybody else. I'm going to be free and do exactly what I want to do. Now, the liberty that we have in the Lord is freedom to do as he asks us to do. It's freedom to live within the boundaries of God's will. It's freedom to let the Lord lead, to let the Lord guide, to let the Lord direct us. It's freedom from sin. It's freedom from the leadership of the devil. It's freedom from all of the trappings of the world. That's the freedom we have. And sometimes Christians get on this kick like, well, I'm just going to be able to do anything and everything that I want to do, and they still have I in the center of it, and that is always a mistake. So he's simply saying here, don't let your liberty become a stumbling block to others who are weak. Every day that you live and breathe, there are people around you, you may not even be aware that they're near you, but they are maybe already born again, but they haven't been tutored yet, they haven't gotten in church yet, they're not in a good church, whatever, and they are weaker Christians, but they're watching my behavior, they're watching your behavior, and if you and I do not set a sterling example, if we do not live a clean life, if we don't straighten up, I mean, if you and I do not reach for the heights How do we expect them? If they're influenced by us, if we're impacting them, listen, you can expect they're not going to rise any higher than the examples that are set before them. And so what we have to do here is be reminded, our liberty is a wonderful thing, but we must not just say, well, 
I'll do whatever I want to do, and I don't care how it impacts anybody else. You and I do not live in a vacuum. We live in a world where other people are watching, other people are observing our testimony, and it's just important for every one of us that we let our liberty be a blessing and not some kind of a stumbling block for other people. Now, here's another one, again, a precaution that uh, we need if we're going to get our priorities in place. This one is in chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians in verse 13. It says, Wherefore, let him that thinks he stand take heed, lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God, who is faithful, will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So what the Lord's telling us here is you are going to be tempted. You are going to find the lure to do the things that you ought not to do. But he said, look, this is common stuff. You're not some special case. This is the kind of thing. It happens over and over again. But listen, with every temptation, God has made a way. God has given you the wherewith so that you can escape that temptation. And he says in the 12th verse there, if you think, oh man, I can stand, I can do this. Well, listen, you need to be careful lest you stumble and fall. Now, he's not talking about you losing your salvation. He's talking about you stumbling into sin and becoming an embarrassment to the cause of Christ. This failure of uh, walking the walk, this failure to be the person that we ought to be. I mean, it is one of those things we see it happen over and over and over again. And listen, every single one of us, we are vulnerable to the predator. We are vulnerable to the big bad wolf. We are vulnerable to the satanic appeal that can be made to any one of us. And I'm telling you, that's why we need to keep our nose in the book. That's why we need to keep ourselves present at the house of God. That's why we need to get feeding spiritually every single day. That's why we need to be in a church where that somebody grabs the microphone on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and really, really lights it up. I'm talking about a place where that there is preaching of the Word of God and preaching with invitations so that we can make our way to the altar and sign ourselves up and get ourselves clean and get things set in place like they ought to be so that we serve the Lord. And listen, it's a battle. It's a struggle. It's one of those things I'm telling you, you say, oh, I'm having such a hard time. So is everybody else. And yet we have to know that with every struggle, with every difficulty, the Lord God has made a way so that we can be victorious. We must not just assign ourselves the blame and say, well, I'm a loser. I fought the battle, but I lost. No, listen, dear friend, God wants you to be a champion. He wants you to be a winner. He wants you to sustain the victory in your life. And it can be, it will be, if you'll simply respond to him and know that he has a way to help you get through all of this. Now, let me share one more of these precautionary statements with you. And this one is in chapter 14, and it's verse number 8. Now, this is right in the midst of that section, chapters 12, 13, and 14, that's trying to correct the false tongues situation in Corinth. And uh, the result of it is, he says in verse 8, chapter 14, If the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? Now, that's right in the midst of that so-called tongue section, but at the same time, we have to understand the principle that he gives here is that you and I need to be sounding a certain sound. 
Whenever we take our stand, it needs to be clear. Whenever we make our message for others to hear, it needs to be clear. It needs to be plain. It needs to be direct. I mean, if somebody just picks up a trumpet and just starts blowing it with no idea whatsoever that they're doing, I mean, some of us who are not musicians, we can make noise, but it's not music. And so sometimes Christians are making all kinds of noise, but it's not really the sound that ought to be coming forth from them because it doesn't say what we ought to say. It doesn't communicate the glory of God. It doesn't communicate the Word of God. It does not give place to the will of God. And consequently, he's just telling us that the trumpet, when we sound it, it ought to blow reveille. It ought to sound taps. It ought to do something that sends the message. I mean, a lot of Christians need to listen to the trumpet when it's sounding charge, and we need to get up and get rolling and do the business of God and attend to the priorities that the Lord's given us. So when we look at this last chapter where we're headed to here in a day or so, we're looking for priorities. What are the priorities that are to be in every Christian's life? Well, he says we've got a lot of opportunities It's not without adversaries, and because we have those opportunities and we have folks opposing us in it, we need to stay alert to the precautionary things that he lays out. And I've just mentioned five of them here today that are precautions that will keep us on the track, keep us from failing as we go along. And I think it's important that we note the precautions as we get ready to look at the priorities. Well, we'll have to wind it up here because uh, my time is just about to be gone. But let me remind you that uh, it is my great joy and delight every time that I hear from someone who's listening to Making a Difference. And I hope you'll write me a note real soon. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, dear friends, thank you for being along today. God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now. Music